This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Recollections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Good morning, how are you? It's Kay here from Dunedin Public Libraries and I'm joined in the studio by my lovely colleague, Jill Bowie. Excellent, yeah. lovely to have you back Jill. I know, it's great to be in the studio. It's been so long since we were in the studio together, this is wonderful. I and know, I hope really you're is. all having a great day so far, it's a beautiful day, bit of a chilly start but it's absolutely gorgeous to see the sun, it's isn't it? spectacular Dunedin day. Yeah, so you've been busy with the top secret thing that we're not allowed to talk yes. about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what really? can you tell us? Um, well, uh, I can tell you that it's going to uh, open uh, exhibition on the third floor of the Reed Gallery, of the library in the Reed Gallery. Well, open on the 23rd of June and uh, we're just getting our finishing touches for our booklet and all of the other bits and pieces that go along with with exhibitions like that so and I'm struggling to stop myself from researching it's like (laughs) you have to know when to stop I know but I just feel like the most amazing fact will appear all of a sudden but it's almost like you need a supplementary thing to say this is what we didn't include exactly (laughs) (laughs) well I've been busy uh, researching too because I've been adding things to the scattered seeds archive in the background there Um, one of the wonderful things I've been doing that I've really enjoyed is the cinema project and I've been doing lots of research on that and reading all these wonderful things about how many times cinemas change their names and the the renovations that the, the t- in, incoming talkies and how everything had to be um, refurbished so that they could have talking movies and that sort of thing so there have been some really great stories there that I've added and I've created a timeline on the scattered seeds archive so people can go along and see that at dunedin.recollect.com co.nz that's the one um, go and have a look at that um, one of my favourite stories from that was the, uh, the what is now the Reading Cinema um, used to be owned by the Methodist Mission and yes. for much of its early life it was continuing to be the Methodist Mission Hall so whenever the cinema that was in that building finished on a Saturday night they had to put everything away that was anything to do with cinema and bring out the Methodist mission stuff. So it was all turned around and, and made into a Methodist mission hall, so it was absolutely fabulous. And then at the end of Sunday, all turned back into a cinema again. It's pretty amazing, isn't yeah. it? You know, you've got to set up for Sunday services. Lots of fun, <laughs> lots of fun. Um, and the other thing, just to remind you, please don't forget that we've still got our polio project going. Um, we have uh, lots of boxes around the libraries, and you can contact us on a library at dcc.govt.nz if you want to email us or call us on 474 3690 and you can leave a message and we'll get back to you. So if you've got any memories at all about polio, whether directly or you had a family member or friend or just a recollection of what it was like getting your jab or um, being at school at that time, please do get in touch and add to our polio story. And if you're in the libraries and you just suddenly see the see the signs and have an idea, you can talk to our staff and Indeed. they'll pass yes. any messages on to us as well. Absolutely. And we had a great Saturday this weekend, we did. didn't we? So we went, lucky. <laughs> yeah, we went and saw the uh, Kaleidoscope World Exhibition at the Hocken. Yeah, it was and great. And a fabulous tour by um, Amanda Mills and her colleague Catherine. Yes. 
and uh, told us all about the research they'd done for that and the, and the many stories behind the scenes of that exhibition. So it was really wonderful to see that. And it was quite nice to to reminisce with you. Yeah, there was 15 of us on the tour, and so we got to reminisce about the different places. And yeah. we were talking about the shoreline and regimes, and, and I was trying to work out. I know it's in TV, it was in TV at Street, but I just couldn't mm. kind of work out where it was. That's so. right, we had a look at that. Yeah. Um, that exhibition runs until September, so I urge anyone who has any memories of, of enjoying the music scene um, in Dunedin from the through early days of that scene. Um, right up until well now really yeah um, and they had some really uh, fantastic little bits of ephemera like the sign from Roy Colbert's records 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 store in oh, um, yes. Stewart Street which yeah. I spent a lot of time at yeah. and uh, the bags from Echo Records yeah. and and yeah. that fabulous piece of artwork from the Chills album yeah. Um, so yeah some really really cool things to see there so do go along it's a free exhibition go along and visit that before the end of September um, everyone gets a poster oh, great of, of, the, of the exhibition and on the back of the poster which is really exciting is there is uh, a map of all the old music venues of Dunedin um, which brings me to we that's one of our new projects is uh, exploring people's memories of those venues what was it like going to the, the clubs and the you know, hearing the live music of the the day, and you know, what did you, who did you go with? What what was it like inside? Was the floor sticky? Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. So we want to hear your memories of that. So if you would like to get in touch with us, we've given you the contact details. Just have a think about your memories about that, and and see if you can share those with us. It'd be great to hear from you. And if you can dig around and find some photographs, then uh, we'd love to be able to scan those and add them as well. Indeed, so. we would. Indeed, we would. So it's New Zealand Music Month, Hurrah. and I'm going to play some New Zealand music now. This is The Top Twins with Untouchable Girl. Where I'm touching, where I'm touching, where I'm touching, where 
was Untouchable Girls by the Top Twins, uh, one of my mother's favourite uh, New Zealand uh, bands, and uh, just remembering uh, Mother's Day on uh, Sunday as well. So an early Mother's Day present for my mother. Um, so um, I recently spoke to um, Jan Davies, who's the manager of um, Olveston Historic Home, and uh, I had a wonderful time up there. Sort of, it's great having someone who has so much passion for yeah. where they work, so she could tell me all these beautiful, you know, little secrets. Mm. And we got to do the interview sort of over David Theerman's desk, which is really nice. So you're actually in the building, absorbing all this. Exactly. Wonderful, wonderful. Feeling very, very good with the vibes of the yeah. you know, of the building. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's an um, interview with Jan. Well, I'm excited to be here at uh, one of Dunedin's uh, very special treasures. I'm at um, Alveston, the beautiful home that was built for the Theamon family and gifted to the city by Dorothy Theamon in 1966. And today I'm talking to Dan Davies, who's the manager of Alveston. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you for coming to visit us. Yeah, no, I love being here. It's so great. Um, such an amazing little time capsule, you know. It's so beautiful and special to have this in the city. So the, um, the Theamans, uh, you know, it's full of um, furniture and ornaments from around the world. So they were big travellers, weren't they? Absolutely. They were big travellers. David actually originated in England, so um, came over to Australia where Marie uh, grew up. Uh, so yeah, they travelled just before they even came to New Zealand. So when the house was being built between 1904 and 1906, the Theamans family travelled the world collecting beautiful items to furnish their home. Oh, so, that's what, so that was part of it. They were actually travelling while it was being built. That's right. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. really interesting. Yeah, so it was um, designed by a uh, London architect, Sir Ernest George. So, yeah, and so we finished in 1906. 1906. So the wonderful thing about Sir Ernest George is Sir Ernest George was very amicable. So he wasn't too stuffy. If, if his clients wanted him to make changes... That's what he did. Oh, really? And it was necessary here. Yes. He did make a few changes from the original plans. And if ever you take an architectural tour at Olveston, you can actually see those original plans. Oh, brilliant. So um, did he come out here as well? Never came to New Zealand. Oh. He did not come. Uh, so that would have been even more tricky. I was going to say, yeah, to know the environment and the weather and, yeah. That's right. Because uh, they would have had... They have photographs of the area that they were going to be. I expect they had. They would have had plans yeah. of uh, the the grounds mm. and, and the area they was working with there. Yeah. So, um, so I hadn't actually realised that um, that in nineteen thirty three, Dorothy was the last member of the the house, you know, last member of the family still alive. So it actually wasn't a long period of time that they had to live in the house. No, it wasn't long. It yeah. it wasn't long at all. Uh, but uh, they certainly would have enjoyed their yeah. surroundings. They enjoyed entertaining in the mm. house uh, and uh, showing off their wares, um, which were well earned. Mm. So did they have lots of parties? and? They had here? lots of gatherings here. Mm. Uh, Marie often had uh, the afternoon uh, tea in the drawing room. Dorothy had her coming out party here in oh, the house. Okay. So the band was up on the gallery above the Great Hall 
and uh, the guests came in and, and thoroughly enjoyed the spaces. How amazing to have your a band in your own house. That's right. <laughs> and that dining table, just even for dinner, the dining table actually seats eighteen people around it with the extra leaves in it. And often some of the some of the uh, well known characters of Dunedin at the time, uh, Doctor Truby King, were oh, guests nice. around that table with the Theremin family. Wow, that's amazing, isn't mm. it? It's Definitely huge. built for entertaining was mm. this house. Yeah, so that must have you know, welcomed people and loved having people around. Yes, and, yeah. and they, the, the house has, a, has an international feel. When you look through the library alone, that also has an international feel. So it shows where their passions were and where they wanted to have that knowledge. There's even a Quran in the oh, library. Really? That's right. Yeah. So it's uh, for a Jewish family. That's, I think that's pretty significant. It, it and the fact that they wanted to know what there was to know so that they could share the interests of visitors. Yeah. And you know, just that kind of curiosity too, isn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Amazing. So did like uh, when Dorothy was here on her own, did she have staff with her living she, in the house? She had a family living with her oh, in the house. Okay. And they helped her with the dailies. Mm. That's what I was thinking because it's a, it's a big house. Is it 35 rooms? Is that what it is? Yes, yes. Yeah. And when you, uh, yeah, when you count up all of the residence um, area on the top floor right down through to the basement, mm. yes, yeah. quite substantial. So it must be a real honour to sort of manage uh, oh, a building like this. Honestly, it is just such an honour to be, to be walking the halls where this amazing family resided as, as it it's just so special. Mm. The fact to be the the caretaker of such a wonderful collection, 240 art pieces of artwork wow. alone. <laughs> so it's, it's like a mini art gallery. Mm. But then we put in the mix of all the furniture and all the beautiful silverware, the crockery, the glassware. Mm. It never went. It never left this house. Yeah, it's amazing. So amazing. Yeah, and even just the downstairs in the kitchen, just even the benches. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And all that beautiful kauri. Mm. The floors being the Jarrah Australian wood, which is so solid, so mm. resilient. Same wood as in the billiard room. So everything was thought out. Yeah. Everything was thought out in this house. It's mm. just, yeah. So what are the main kind of issues with looking after a building like this? There... Looking after a building like this, one of the main issues is uh, obviously the maintenance. Yeah. Um, in my time here, in the two and a half years that I've been here, we've had both of the balconies on the outside, the loggia and Dorothy's balcony, both restored in that oh, time. Okay. Uh, the loggia has a lot of metalwork around it, which was starting to rust and expand. So we needed to make sure we had treated that and mm. got on top of that. Also on um, Dorothy's balcony, that's actually fully capped with lead ah. to save the wear and tear. Now that lead was getting a little tired. The paintwork, we were down to the wood and some of the, uh, some of the uh, banisters there. So that there was all fixed. Things like with this old home, even the simple things um, on the outside with the paths, with such great old trees, those roots have to expand somewhere <laughs> and they do that through the paths. So again, in that time, I've had to relay all of the asphalt mm. to even the, the ground so that it's not actually a hazard for our guests when they're coming on site. We also have to, it's, it's you know, the dailies with making sure all the taps still work. Mm. 
making sure the electricals are all good. Um, the looking after the oak floors. Now that in itself, making sure that we're on top of that, especially with us having uh, events in the house mm. now, that duty of care is really so great. So what, what can happen to an oak floor? Is it just... We need to make sure they're well uh, waxed mm. and polished because we could end up with, uh, that we get water stains, oh. this type of thing. The magnesite, again, through the servants' hallways, they stain if water is left allowed to lay mm. on there. So the floors are buffed weekly. Oh, I had no idea. So that we're able to keep on top of this. Wow, that's, that's quite incredible. It's the things that you, you don't actually think about when you're visiting the house, mm. all the, the maintenance that actually goes into it. It's yes. quite incredible, really. Yes. And I suppose you've got to make sure that you know, they're waxed in a way that they're not slippery or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's right. And as I say, even the outside with those little things, we've, I have had a drain put over the back entrance water comes flowing down Newington Street oh. and doesn't like to stop on a rainy day. No. When we've had some pretty big big um, downfalls over the last couple of years. So we've had a drain put over the back so it no longer enters onto mm. the, into the basement area. Oh. Uh, and, um, you know, that is just nature. Yeah. You, you've just got to, yeah, really look after things. And with some of those big rain events that we've had, do you sit at home and think, oh, you know, uh, I have been known to be here <laughs> at dinner time trying to climb over the locked fence at the back to make sure that the residents are keeping an eye out. Mm. Um, yes, and I, 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 I came to, uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, those, those gates look fancy and, and, and dainty. They are not. Uh, They're designed the way they are to keep people out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unfortunate time to find out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, um, what's your favourite part of the building? My favourite part of the building is not an item. It is not the building. It is a shadow that is cast by the Star of David lamp in the card room. Oh, wow. It is a Star of David shadow that is reflected onto the ceiling. That is my favourite thing. That is the subtle, we are Jewish. Mm. So does it... Does it appear at different times of the day no, or is it just always there? You turn the lights on and it's there. Oh, how amazing. Oh. So it's not an item? No. It is simply, it's a shadow. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so my business card has this on it <laughs> because it means so much to me. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Um, I lived in Israel for a year. Yeah. So that's, it's, yeah, fairly oh, amazing. special to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. that's fantastic. Oh, I'm going to have to have a look now. Um, so the gardens are really beautiful here too. So do you have full-time gardeners? We have a full-time gardener and uh, young Sarah, she is a contractor through Delta. Yeah. Now Sarah has managed to achieve Garden of Natural Significance um, uh, in her time here and um, just fabulous. So that's done every three years. Uh, and uh, with that, as I say, Sarah single-handedly has managed to achieve that on her own. The, the couple of things I do get outside contractors for, the holly hedges. Mm. Once a yeah. year we get those trimmed and they're, because they're quite devilish to I keep. Was say. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the trees. Obviously we need to get mm. um, planning permission to get them, any of oh, them trimmed of and we get uh, proper arborists in to get mm. all that work done. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, holly hedges are a bit of a... <laughs> Yeah, beautiful, a bit but a uh, bit of a danger. Not, yeah. not easy things to no. trim. So, yeah. 
So last year, um, Elveston played a starring role in the Netflix fairy tale romance, The Royal Treatment. Um, what was it like having a film crew in your historic home? Righty ho. Well, it was. Um, we were all a little nervous mm. uh, due to the fact we have this historic home and the duty of care is pretty great. Mm. Uh, but from word go, worked very, very closely with the crew from the uh, a production company. There were many walkthroughs before any film crew came near mm. the house. We had each room broken down on paper as to what was going to be moved, where it was going to be moved to, how it was going to be moved, and this was all overseen by the collection manager. And then what was coming in. Right. What the production company would be needing to bring in, and it was very little. Oh, okay. Very, very little they brought in. Olverson in itself, they were so pleased with how complete mm. the house was. There was so little they needed to do. Exactly. Very rarely did they come across this situation where everything is in place. So in that preparation time, all artwork, we had to send off the catalogues of what we had <laughs> in order to make sure that everything could be approved in, in the filming. Oh, so you have to get permission for each we artwork? It, no, it was. it's about how old the artwork is ah, okay. and do we own it. Which right. we do. Yeah. But they needed to do all of that. They had to make sure that they were um, taking care of their responsibility in this. Mm. The only one we took down was the Goldie, oh. the smoking, the Wahine smoking. Ah. Oh. That was the only piece of artwork wow. we took down. Mm. And that was stored in the safe for the duration. Yeah. Yeah. As was the Wakahuia, which was um, gifted to David by his uh, uh, warehouse team in Wellington that was also locked away in the safe Mm. during this time. Wow. Um, Yeah. But as I say, everything was well noted, Mm. what was coming in, what was going out. Everything uh, was stored in in, uh, secured areas. Nothing left site. No. It was all done on site, yeah. Wow. So how early... Um, before they actually turned up to film, uh, like what time frame? We was... probably had, as we come out of lockdown, was when the first scouting team came oh. through, out of the first lockdown, and then uh, into the new year, we would have probably had about six weeks maximum right. lead-in time. To the team coming in in March. <laughs> it's yeah. quite amazing, isn't it? It was, yeah. And because we wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been any restrictions at that stage either. The, so they were probably. Ah, uh, okay. So there wasn't government wise, ah. but for themselves, they placed restrictions on. Ah, okay. No one could be in the house without a mask on unless they were acting. Right. So, yeah, they, they were quite, their health and safety was, mm. was quite up there. But bearing in mind, they've had a lot of internationals. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the expectations were there for the mask wearing, mm. and that's what was asked of us, and that's what we followed through on. Exactly, yeah, because you wouldn't want you know, something to interrupt because no. you'd have such a tight deadline, wouldn't you, yeah, to get things done. So, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they filmed scenes sort of eating dinner, and did they film them in here? 
Yeah. So they were the the filming of of eating dinner was in the dining room. Mm-hmm. All right. So those chairs, no one sits on those chairs normally. No. <laughs> the frames are solid, but we can't have anybody touch the fabric. No. The inners were popped out, <laughs> and full replacement popped in. Wow. Yeah. They constructed new inners so that no one was sitting on mm. them. When it came to the table top, that table's the most beautiful mahogany table. So again, with that, we had duty of care. Mm. And that was covered appropriately for what they were doing. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. So we had even, there was a floral arrangement in the centre of the table. Mm. Who wants to be putting wood, water on that beautiful mahogany table? So again, with that, everything that was underneath it needed to make sure that we were protecting Mm. that table as fully as we could, yeah. So did they, when they came out here and they had to take the, the seats out of the chairs, so did they have someone measuring it all up yeah, and coming yeah, in and just yeah. doing it? So like, oh. those chairs cannot be, could not be handled, mm. the actual fabric and that could not be handled without gloves. Ah. All has to be gloves. So that's where the collection manager worked with them mm. to get that done. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's, you really take it for granted to what goes into mm. you know, Oh, absolutely, Because yeah. yes. I was, um, there was a scene that I was watching and I thought they were all kind of dancing around the kitchen with glasses of wine and I just imagined your, your collections manager nervously watching that because I was kind of nervously yeah. watching it. So. so even with that, so everything that anybody could touch that was original to the home was removed. Yeah. What they brought in was their own props. Right. All of those surfaces, the kauri uh, sideboard, the kauri uh, uh, table in there and the table by the window, um, they were all had a thin layer of lino over them. So again, that was all measured mm. and it was all cut out and all laid down flat before any items came into the room. And so with that floor, as I said to you, it's Jarrah. Mm. And that would certainly have taken a spill of wine if it was necessary. Mm. Um, but it was, yeah, no, they, the duty of care again, was just yeah, all there. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. I saw a photo that, um, that Stephen Jackery had taken an aerial shot looking over Alberston with the street outside full of buses and mm-hmm. things. It must have, so how long did you, how long were they here for? Seven days. Seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, seven days. So we finished the first day, we finished a tour at five o'clock in the afternoon and they were waiting in the wings to move in. We were through, we worked through to about uh, just after midnight on that night. So we were removing, um, that's when we were removing Mm. items. We were removing the reflective perspex, which we have protect the Hessian wallpaper. That had to come down because the reflecting, Mm. it just wouldn't have worked for the filming. So that's what we were doing, and they had their team. We were working all alongside one another, the collection manager, myself. Mm. We were working with their team and just taking these down piece by piece. 
everything was being labelled. They were so <laughs> thorough. Yeah. This, wasn't, this wasn't their first rodeo. No, exactly. They, they were just amazing, right down to the screws being just taped to the corner of the perspex. So, yep, it's there. And, uh, yeah, just fantastic, absolutely yeah. fantastic. I suppose they, I mean, they've, they've found a real gold mine here, haven't they? So mm. I suppose they want to make sure they yeah, can come back absolutely. if they needed to. Yeah. But actually, I didn't realise that they were, yeah, all the windows have the perspex in front of them. Mm. To, yeah. So that's to sort of stop the light. Stop the light. Yeah. yeah. You, you, don't, you don't want those UV rays no. on, on all of this, on the fabrics, on the paintings. and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so there's no word of, as obviously in the Purang, and any more films recently in the, in the future? Well, it's the sort of thing that um, we always let people know that we're keen, mm. um, as long as all the ducks end up li lined up nicely for, for everybody concerned. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, never say never. Exactly. Yeah. And it was so fascinating to watch the, the film... When you're walking up the stairs at Larnix, and then all of a sudden it's like, hang on, no, you're an officer. <laughs> this was a thing. We got together as a group at one of our one of our team's houses, and we we, we made a night of it. And <laughs> we got. It's the sort of thing I have to watch it again away mm. from that because of the fact we were so caught up yes. because we knew the locations. We got so caught up in mm. it that oh, they're going up the stairs at Olverson. Oh, we're now at Larnix. <laughs> we're going towards the bedroom, and it was. It was just fantastic, mm. but as I say, a little bit distracting. You get, you get, you don't enjoy the movie fully because you're, you're just you looking and, and how they're splicing it together mm. was fascinating. And I think you know, just the light as well. You know, to see, you know, the, just in that dining room, so lit up. Oh yeah, that was just really so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, um, with that light, and it wasn't all the time. It was just while they were filming. Mm. Um, there were big lights mm. outside the windows bringing in extra light into the room. Because, yes, um, if the time is, timing isn't right, it can be quite dull mm. in those rooms, even without the perspex. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they needed to help that along a little yeah. bit. So were they filming, they were just filming during the day, I was thinking? Maybe they no, they filmed at night too. Oh, so were they filming at night but making it look like it was during the day or...? Oh, uh, um, <laughs> that's what I wondered. Even with no, lights. but so, so so even no, even at night time they had the big lights mm. on, um, and I don't know if it was to give the impression it was day, but I don't think it was. No. I think it was to give the impression it was dusk. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, I'd have to go back and watch it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Dorothy would think about having a movie film? Now, funny you should say that. One of my guides who was a little bit unsure, not just about the movie, but about all of the different events we have here mm. now, she came to me recently. She's since moved to Christchurch to be near her family. She came to me and she said to me, you know what? I think Dorothy would have loved this. Yeah. Um, because they were about... They wanted the future of this house. Mm. This can't be left up to the ratepayers, which is why it's open as a tourist attraction. Mm. But during this time where it's been so hard, we've needed that in oh, order to help us survive. Absolutely. Um, and they wanted to see this house carry on, and that is what we're doing. From the filming through to events, to have the house 
full of people and alive. The chitter-chatter, it is so nice. Mm. And you know what? I think if they were looking on, they would have they would have enjoyed they would enjoy and that's the thing i think you know a house is about the people that are in it as yep. well and i think you know to be able to be here and and spend time here yeah. would be just yeah. we're so lucky to have, to have this beautiful home Absolutely. in the city so it must be um really beautiful to watch the change of seasons here as well so stunning we're we're actually just promoting in the uh, 100% pure new zealand autumn Ah. Yeah, because um, it's sort of like a bit mm. of a spin on the awesome word. But uh, Hayden from down at um, Hayden from down at uh, council came through and took some autumn pictures for us last mm. year, uh, just before um, just before everything started falling. And it's just so wonderful. Yeah. And being a North Islander originally, to come down and be in this environment where the leaves are falling mm. around you, it is so nice. Because I, you know, where I work in the library, I have some trees outside my office. And so sometimes in the morning, I'll just hear the fan tails you know, chirping away. And I, as I came out the driveway, I thought, oh, this would be so beautiful to come in the mornings because they must be, it must be quite loud some yep. days. Isn't Absolutely. It? I was out enjoying the... Um, I was out enjoying the uh, garden this morning. I was out actually wiping down the, the benches. Um, and uh, there was a tui. Oh. I could hear a tui. Then the fantail started flitting around. The fantail actually came into the shop at one stage. <laughs> at that point, we turn out the lights and it fly, they fly back oh, out again. Oh, that was good. Um, and uh, it's just... The best garden to be in for the bird life, mm. being part of, so close to the green belt, yeah. the kereru, as they fly on through. <laughs> and the amount of times that it's almost like they're teasing you because they're coming so close yeah. if you're out there talking to, to guests. Yeah. It's just, it's just it's a, the most beautiful, beautiful environment. And I just love that noise that they make as they get close, just to the wings yeah. flat. Oh, you can hear them <laughs> So, um, what have you um, got planned? Have you got any special events over winter? Or... Alrighty, over winter, well, we've got, we, we actually, we're, we're starting in autumn. We've got the most amazing um, concert at six coming up on the 23rd of April. Ooh. That's with Claire Filer. She's flying into New Zealand oh. for that one. And Andrew Crooks. Um, so two amazing people. So that's an hour. So, so there's a few tickets still left mm. for that. Then we go into... Um, uh, a night to die for middle of winter oh. 18th of June and that is interactive show which takes you right through the whole house you get we do supper on a grazing table on the on the dining room you get drink tickets and it's just a fab night because you've done something like that before haven't you? we have and this is the last of that series oh. after this we're changing the story Ooh. so that this will be the, the seventh one they've all been just amazing oh, cool um, coming up, we've got Arts Festival. We will have four concerts with that. Mm. Uh, we have got, we're getting involved in the um, Ronald McDonald um, dinner series. Oh, brilliant. So we're selling two tables for that. So that <laughs> should be fabulous as well. So well worth everybody keeping an eye out for that. Mm. Um, and for Matariki, Matariki, we're actually going to be opening the house to the people of Dunedin at no charge or even wider if they're here in Dunedin. Mm. To celebrate the first Matariki, we celebrated Matariki last year um, with uh, a beautiful, beautiful team um, there. But um, this year we're going to, as I say, celebrate the beginning by opening up um, the house to the people of Dunedin. 
and um, we're actually opening up Miss Wilson's apartment, which has never been open to the public oh. before. And in this room, we're going to be celebrating the achievements of the Thurman family and their contribution to Dunedin. That's a brilliant idea. So it? from the synagogue through to the art gallery, through to the hospital, through to Katatane, through to St. John, through to the working with the prisoners' families, lunatic asylum families, just huge. Wow. Just huge what they did for the people of Dunedin. And I think that needs to be celebrated exactly, more. Exactly. Yeah. It really does. So that people can see what this family did mm. and put into selflessly to you know, to help support yeah. the sinking the Dunedin sinking fund you what know chamber of commerce that's because when we when the gold when the gold finished what mm. happened there was so much debt oh of course so much debt and again david worked not only not only did he um, give donations towards but he also worked to, you know many hours towards as well oh so amazing aren't yeah. They? yeah and it's really nice you know for Matariki to be remembering That's those right, were because it's about community mm. it is about community and is it about, it's about yeah just acknowledging mm. people and those you know those for them it was such a new beginning coming here exactly. with nothing what they achieved in their time here through hard work but also how much they gave back mm. is so so important and i mean this house is you know a big part of you know what they gave back absolutely you know, a real treasure for the city yeah Oh, well, um, thank you for um, letting me hang out here at Alverston with you and having a wee chat. Well, thank you for coming. And I highly recommend everyone come to visit. Thank you. Thank you. And a big thank you to Jan for um, talking to me. Um, and don't forget, Alverston is open 364 days a year. So uh, they have six one-hour tours every day. So just check out the website. And they also have some specialty tours as well that you can go and visit go and see. Mm. so definitely check the website it's yeah. a beautiful place and so lucky to be able to talk to Jan about all those wonderful things yeah, yeah. just and, and when we were sort of standing there we were looking at the in the bathroom there's a heated towel rail as well so they really thought they're so modern <laughs> they really if, put a lot of thought into that house it's amazing what a, what a really generous um, family amazing family they really yeah. looked after the city didn't we're they we're really lucky so much yeah amazing good yeah. on them well it must be um yeah, time for another song? Oh, well, actually, I'm going to just do oh. a, a wee plug before we have a music. But, um, I like to talk about home services. If you are at home um, much of the time, you may not know, and I, I've mentioned this before, but you may not know, but we have a, a service uniquely for people who are housebound, um, and that is uh, run by the Dunedin Public Library's Home Services team. They do a brilliant job looking after the reading needs of our community at home. If you don't know about them yet, Home Services is a free service for people who find it difficult to visit our libraries or book buses. They provide a tailor-made library service delivered to your door every month. You get a very nice volunteer coming with your books. And we have a wonderful army of volunteers who come and bring the books to people's homes. So big thank, thank you to those. Um, for the service, we can provide fiction, non-fiction, large or regular print books, magazines, talking books on CD, music CDs and DVDs. And if you'd like more information, you can phone 474 3681 or you can email homeservicesdpl at dcc.govt.org.
www.ncpa.org.nz and the friendly team will talk to you about the service and your specific needs. They really are the experts at helping you access and explore the library from afar. So do give them a go and it's a wonderful service and so many people are grateful to have it that um, I think you should explore it if you haven't already. And they are really good at finding books that will suit your needs. They surely are. Pretty amazing. They surely are. It's a lifeline really. It is. Not, Not to exaggerate. But yes, let's have a song now. Let's have a song. So um, to celebrate New Zealand Music Month again, we've got the Wellington City Shake em Down. I it's love that name. Reefer Man, isn't it fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> Reefer Man, here we go.
Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Warrington City of Shake em On Downers. Thanks for coming out today. Oh, yeah. Big round of applause for the Wellington City Shake em On Downers. What fun are they? I know. What a way to kick off a Monday morning. <laughs> and hands up. Who was playing the air trombone? I was. <laughs> as long as people weren't jumping around <laughs> spilling their tea everywhere. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. you got to take it easy. But, oh, that's shaking us up in the studio, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing my usual reading of the ODT and, uh, and researching some interesting stories. And did you hear about, actually, I think this one was in, oh, it was on the BBC News, this one. Um, did you read about the Charles Darwin? No, what was that? Two stolen notebooks written by Charles Darwin have mysteriously been returned to Cambridge University. They were left on the library floor in a pink gift bag 22 years after they were last seen. What a relief. <laughs> what a relief for the librarian. Oh, it, this article was written by Rebecca Jones. She's the arts correspondent at the BBC News, and it was published on the 5th of April. And she goes on to say that small leather-bound books are worth many millions of pounds. Gosh. Oh. And they include the scientist's Tree of Life sketch, no. which is really <laughs> iconic, isn't it? Their return comes 15 months after the BBC first highlighted they'd gone missing and the library launched a worldwide appeal to find them. I feel joyous, the university's librarian, Dr Jessica Gardner, says. She grins broadly as she breaks the news. In fact, she cannot stop smiling. They're safe, they're in good condition and they're home. Gosh, what a relief. So they were stolen out of the library's Mm, collection. Yeah, it goes on to say um, how it happened. Um, Who returned the two postcard-sized notepads is a real whodunit. They still don't know. They were left anonymously in a bright pink gift bag containing the original blue box the notebooks were kept in and a plain brown envelope. And on it was printed a short message. And I like this. Librarian, happy Easter. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Inside were the two notebooks wrapped tightly in cling film. So they kept... Good, Gosh. you know, kept them carefully. The package had been left on the floor in the public part of the library with no CCTV outside Dr. Gardner's office. Um, so they, they got these this package, and of course, they had to verify whether it was genuine because they oh, just course. didn't know what it was. So an agonizing delay of five days followed between finding the package and the police granting permission to open the cling film. So they didn't, <laughs> they couldn't check. Um, Because obviously they had to do some forensics on it. Um, And then they examined the notebooks and confirmed they were genuine. Could you imagine how long someone has worried about those notebooks? You'd think about them every day. And and strange that they were taken. You know, they obviously didn't want to sell them because they kept them and preserved them. And Yeah, it's a real mystery. Well, they probably realised that it was going to be very difficult to sell them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, they they date from the 1830s after Darwin had returned from the Galapagos Islands. And on one page, he drew that spindly sketch of a tree, which helped inspire his theory of evolution. So they really are monumental notebooks to actually have got the originals back is... (laughs) <laughs> it's very, very important to the world, really. Um, so, yeah, they became the central theory of his groundbreaking work on the origin of species. Yeah, really <laughs> Not remarkable. Something documents. you want to lose. No, um, they had been last seen in November 2000 after an internal request to remove them from the library's special collection strong room to be photographed. And it was only during a routine check two months later they were found to be missing. So, yeah. Oh. Just got to sign things in and out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a the sort of thing you want to lose. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the other thing I was reading about, which is absolutely wonderful news, um, in the ODT on the 25th of April 2022, I read... 
the Ralph Hotere studio has been listed as a grade one historic place. Oh, brilliant. Isn't and that wonderful yeah, news? Yeah, um, yeah a uni- The article says a unique Nick art studio in Port Chalmers has been registered as a category one historic place. The studio observation point belonged to the lay Ralph Hotere, a New Zealand artist who died in 2013. It was built in 1876 as a four-room cottage and was a f- the first studio that Ralph owned, not in 1876. He bought it in <laughs> 1970 um, after he completed the Francis, Francis Hodgkins Fellowship at the University of Otago. So it's a real treasure. Another a real town real for us. Yeah. So, yeah. And we have some Ralph Hall today. We certainly do. We? Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. It's in, a really great long one at Port Chalmers Library oh. and it kind of goes across the top sort of above where the children's library is and yeah. and, I, and and there's lights attached to it as well. And Fabulous. It's so lucky to have it. You know? Oh my gosh. The library really art collection is pretty impressive. It actually. really is. Yeah. So we're very lucky to have that. Um, wonderful piece of artwork yeah. yeah so that's brilliant news yeah really good news um yeah i think i probably yeah i've got another story but i might leave that to next time because you know the time's ticking down it is. as usual we've talked yeah. too much <laughs> <laughs> um i would just like to round up by saying don't forget to tune in next week um we've got a very special guest next week ruth arneson is talking to us, so we'll be uh, looking forward to hearing about yeah. her and the wonderful news about the Lilliput Libraries, which I won't give away yet. <laughs> um, so tune in next week. So we're on at 11 o'clock, live in the studio, and you can hear us repeated, as you can hear this uh, episode today, repeated at 10 o'clock on Tuesday nights. Mm. And, of course, don't forget we have a podcast on oar.org.nz. You can go onto the website and download those if you are of a mind to do so. Um, yeah, and yep. before we go, um, yep. I have to remind everyone that um, Wednesday is one of my favourite days of the year. Um, as a proud Star Wars nerd, uh, so it's uh, International Star Wars Day, and oh. uh, so May the Fourth, May the Fourth be with you, Kay. May the Fourth yeah. be with you. The Fourth is strong with the Recollections <laughs> Radio Show. <laughs> oh, I love that we're nerds, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know proud to be nerds. Yeah, you know? well, we've got a heap. Of whole heap of Star Wars stuff in our library, whether it's books or games or videos or everything. Yeah, what, what a phenomenon. What is that, 45 years old or something, Star Wars? Yeah, because 1978, 79? Yeah, it must be 78, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's getting so, old for that then. Yeah, it's yeah. in its 40s at least, yeah. And so it's still going strong. And still. so many generations it's gone through. That's, that's the weird thing. It's, I mean, I saw it. My nephews then took it up some decades later. Then my, my grand, my my yeah, the grandchildren are doing it. The children and, are doing it. Yeah. And now, you know, with the the rise of you know all of Mandalorian, yeah. all of the you know the the universe expanded, yeah. and yeah, it's just it'll never ever stop. No, you it know? goes on. And Star Wars for everyone, and it's for everyone. I have really nerdy conversations with my son <laughs> about Star Wars now because he's seen all the all of them, and he watches and watches them. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. So In fact, well I done. Had, I had a friend staying the other week, and and we watched Star Wars. Yeah, and <laughs> cool. Why not? Yeah, well done to the. Uh, I've forgotten his name. Who directed it? George Lucas. Of course he did. Yes, yes George yeah. Lucas. Well done. Yeah. How what foresight you had. Exactly. Oh, well, don't forget to tune in. One hundred five point four FM or fifteen seventy five AM. Don't forget the podcast. And uh, I'm going to play this song because it's New Zealand Music Month. We had a wonderful performance or series of performances yesterday. Mm. We had the um, Plaza Party at the City Library um, with so many wonderful musicians from around Dunedin. And thank you all 
for uh, agreeing to play at the Plaza Party and contributing your time and your music and your energy. And the city played a hand and the weather was good. They did, it did indeed. So yeah. huge thanks to those and a massive thank you to Brendan Christie who uh, organises this and puts it on every year for us. So wonderful thanks to you. It's not over yet. We've got a pedal party on the 15th of May happening where people can have those loop pedal I don't really understand it, but loop either. pedals with guitars and they can come and play with them. Um, <laughs> and on the 29th of May and the 30th of May and the 31st of May, we've got three lots of sessions of silent sessions, which is a bit like a silent disco. You put your headphones on and dance to music. And in the in library, the library. Different, different floors of the library too. Different floors so, of the library. Yeah. So yeah, have a look at our website because there's lots going on. Um, and we've got a songwriting workshop by Daryl Bazer on the 7th of May and we've got gigs throughout the month. So May Make sure you head along to the library. It's all we'll, happening. Yeah, exactly. We'll say goodbye for now. So goodbye from Jill and goodbye. myself. Um, <laughs> and we'll finish with this wonderful song by Brendan's band, The Mentalist Collective. This is a song called I Can't Believe It, and it's from their EP called Mandala.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.